0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of A Lack of Certainty. My name is Caitlin. And I'm Alexis. And we apologize profusely for the lateness of this episode. It's been a rough week. Just poor planning and really bad schedules. It's just, it's been bad. Yeah, and it was, like, the week before my spring break, and that's, of course, when all my professors are like, Hey, we need all of this work in before midterm. So I had, like, an eight-page paper due. I had several tests to do. It was just... it sucked. And then, of course, the moment Alexis was available to record my lovely boyfriend Robert decided to come in for a unexpected extended visit. <laughs> so uh, I was I was spending time with him and his mom. I mean, it, it, the visit was great, don't get me wrong, but I was just sitting there the whole time panicking like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? We had no idea what we were gonna talk about until, what was it, like two days ago? Yeah, I think we figured it out on like Monday. <laughs> Like, and we still had to figure out, when the hell are we going to record? Like... I know, it's like we just had to plan down to, like, the hour. Like, okay, you don't have work on Thursday, I work at 4, we're just going to have to do this pretty quickly, but I think we have enough time to, like, just kind of calm down and get through this, where it's a nice little podcast, and nobody's going to be stressed. Yeah. And, uh, just for those keeping track of schedule, like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're going to try and have a second episode out this week. Hopefully, everything will be released by Saturday so we can get back on the schedule of recording on Tuesdays and, just, and have that as our scheduled day. Yes, because if we skip Tuesday, apparently we just cannot find another day. So we're just going to have exactly. to make ourselves record on Tuesday. I, I mean, it wasn't... I'm not even joking you. I sat there and I texted Alexis... Uh, after the whole debacle of when when the hell are we going to record, I was like, I don't care if we have to record at midnight, we're recording. (laughs) It's like, we started this podcast, and we're not going to stop until, you know, we actually get at least two episodes out. (laughs) I know, right? It's like, we've spent all this money on equipment, we're not just going to be like, oh well, I guess we're not going to do that anymore. Well, it's not even that, like, the microphone's nice and all, but, like, I think the max that both of us spent on this was, like, 20 bucks, so... Well, I meant, like, you know, time, and all that, and you had to download the recording and stuff, so... Yeah. Well, uh, just for warning, both me and Alexis are both, uh, rather ill. Hmm. We are, uh, we've got scratchy throats and stuffy noses, and... I mean, if it isn't one thing, it's another... (laughs) With trying to record this podcast It's like, look, it doesn't matter if we're both feeling sick It's gotta happen either way So we apologize if we're starting to sniffle or cough We both have tissues at the ready, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. Hopefully it won't sound too bad And I will try and edit out as much of the death coughs as I can It, uh, it just is bad Alright, so, Alexis, let's kick it off with the science news What you got for us? Well, I researched a little bit, and I found some pretty interesting space news. As you know, I'm a humongous space nerd, so I was pretty excited. <laughs> Go right ahead. It's a really uh, recent article, too. It was actually put out today. Um, the author is Robert Robin <coughs> Andrews, and the title of the article is Two-Faced Alien World is Half Magma Ocean, Half Perpetual Night. Now... In their hunt for something straight out of Star Wars. I know, but it just sounds so cool. (laughs) So I was like, I'm gonna read that. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's the kind of title where it's like, I gotta know (laughs) what is going on out there in space. Yeah. But uh, scientists have discovered a whole host of exotic worlds, but in this new nature study, they have found one that is a two faced super Earth. One side is Perpetual Night, while the other is just always facing its star, so it's constantly in a molten state. Now, the name of this planet, I apologize if I pronounce it wrong, but I think it's 55 cancri I I don't know. <laughs> you know, whatevs. Your, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, but it's 41 light years from our own planet, and it was discovered... <coughs> Actually, way back in two thousand and four. Huh. Yeah. So why why the big uh, why the big rush about it now? Uh, because there's been Over like a this. a on- later. Yeah, I know, right? I guess there. What I've read, there was an ongoing debate as to like what the actual composition of the planet was. So I'm guessing they didn't want to release any sort of information until they had like a better understanding of it. Okay, that's that's understandable. Yeah. But, um, some have even proposed that the composition of the planet is mainly carbon in the form of a diamond. So that's really cool. That is really cool. Uh, that actually reminds me, I watched a, um, not SciShow, I watch SciShow a lot, but it was, um, Minute Physics. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were talking about, statistically, it's, um, it would be easier for us to find alien life on planets that are not like ours than on a uh, than on a planet that is like ours. And um, I'll have to link that on our Tumblr page because it was a really interesting video and they break down the statistics of this um, this essay that was written a while back basically talking about how we shouldn't really be looking at Mars and trying to expect, life forms that are like ours, you know, like carbon-based life forms, mm-hmm. and, you know, we get really excited because Mars had water, and that means that there might have been life like that of on Earth, which means eventually it may be habit- you know habit- habitable, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but, um... Yeah, like, they were saying that we should be looking at planets that aren't like ours, that are completely different, that don't look habitable, because that's probably where we're going to find unusual life that is not like our own. Yeah, the reason why they look at planets like ours is because our planet kind of sits, like you said, in, like, this habitable zone. So whenever they're looking at different galaxies and where planets are, they try to look for... Ones that could be possibly in the habitable zone because that's where you know we're gonna have a better atmosphere and water possibly an ecosystem that's able to sustain itself. So yeah, we're looking at we're looking at conditions that have made our planet possible mm-hmm. to find other planets. But statistically speaking, we are we have a greater chance of finding uh, intelligent life on planets unlike our own, with atmospheres completely different from ours, and planet sizes smaller, with, um, smaller populations, and large- technically, if we are looking at, like, the, uh, intelligent population, we are an, ano- an anomaly, if we're looking statistically, which is really, really cool. That is really that cool. We are- yeah, apparently, if we find other intelligent life, they should be much bigger than us. Not the planet, but the, the organisms are supposed to be a lot bigger than humans. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. Like I said, I'll, I'll link all that in the in the doobly-doo. Yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to watch that, too. That sounds really cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, I saw that in the moment you told me earlier about New Alien World. I was like, oh, Alexis, you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> I know, you're talking, and I'm just like, science. <laughs> I'll have to watch that <laughs> later. That sounds really cool. Yeah. All right, so uh in in any closing notes on that real quick. Um well, even with all of like the debate over what the planet is composed of or if it's completely molten and that kind of thing, uh one of the scientists, uh Demri, or mm-hmm, he said like we still don't know exactly what the planet is made of. It's still a riddle and He's like, these results are like adding another brick to the wall, but the exact nature of this planet is not completely understood. Which is understandable, because, I mean, the only way we can observe this planet is through telescopes, and it is 41 light years away. Like, we're pretty much just guessing. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's... I just find it really interesting that we're able to find other planets, and just, even with these telescopes, we're able to understand it a little bit. I just feel like it's going to be awesome when one day, like, NASA's going to be able to do, like, far-reaching space missions, you know? And they're actually going to be able to visit these planets, or at least send out satellites that can make it that far, you know? Within our lifetime, that'd be great. I mean, even if it doesn't happen in our lifetime, I know it'll happen eventually, and that's really cool. Mm -hmm. You know, thinking that maybe my grandchildren or my great-grandchildren will see the first expedition... To another galaxy. I know. You know? That'd be really... I'm just... I'm excited about it. I just want it to happen. It'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in uh, gaming and tech news, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, Mm -hmm. um, Pokemon has been trying to develop a a new game, not on console. It's going to be on mobile. It's called Pokemon Go. And it's being developed by Niantic Labs, which they developed another game. I don't have the game name in front of me right now, but uh, it was highly successful. It was meant to motivate people to go out and walk around their town. And uh, it was through the storyline of an alien species. <laughs> wow, this fits really well with your space news. <laughs> an alien spa- species had come to Earth, and we had to decide whether we were for kicking them out, or for um, helping them develop their culture here, and you had to battle against the, other, what, the opposing team to uh, take over control points in your city. It was really cool, and you had to walk to certain areas to help, like, gain points for your team, and then you could use those points to devote it to the, um, you know, control points. Well, they're using ideas from that game to develop Pokemon Go, which will be a real-time augmented reality game on mobile where you can go and find Pokemon, catch them, use them to battle against other people, and help control gyms and uh, Pokestops, which will be um, little areas where you can meet up and find other Pokemon that you're guaranteed to find them there, or that you can find items there really cool, and the big news that's been coming out recently is that the Japanese field test just went up two days ago. So everyone's really excited, and of course, with everything technological, people are pulling apart the coding to figure out the things they aren't showing us in the game. So (laughs) (laughs) the beta testers are just like, let's peel apart every little bit and see what we can release to the public. Exactly. A lot of people have been doing data mining to find out as much of of the game as you can. I'm about to sneeze. (coughs) I'm gonna edit that out. I'm gonna edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so there's a there are a few videos up right now. There's one that's documenting everything they found out so far about the Pokemon game. Uh, And also, someone posted a video of the character, character creation part up until the tutorial. Now, the things we know is that you do not start with any Pokemon. You start with 20 Pokeballs, though. And that the only Pokemon that are in the data files currently in the game are 151 coming from the original Generation 1, hence the title, Pokemon Go, Generation 1. That seems so obvious, but I had no idea until you told me yesterday, like, oh, Go means Generation 1. I was, like, mind blown. I (laughs) I didn't put I didn't put two and two together, but I think that's really cool, because as a kid, that's the only ones that I played with, was, like, the originals. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, if I started this game, I'd be like, hey, I have... A little bit of prior knowledge, <laughs> yeah, I think right now they're aiming towards the nostalgic part of the of the gaming community, but mm-hmm. also that eventually they're going to expand because currently you can only catch up to five hundred Pokemon, which obviously there aren't you know that many in the game already. Mm-hmm. So the assumption is that they're going to expand to the later generations, but that they are going to um, is it? that they're going to also expand the number of Pokemon you can catch, and, uh, people found out that, you know, there are 232 moves already documented, and there's a dodge function, so the moves don't have 100% accuracy. Um, there are all sorts that have been found. Evolution works by collecting evolution shards from wild Pokemon to get the evolution stones, <laughs> All this information nose. is really good. But like you were saying yesterday, it's kind of scary because like what happens with all this information coming out? Like Nintendo goes, "All right, we're going to shut everything down. We have to restart because, you know, the public already knows too much. You know, it kind of ruins the surprise of it." Well, I think that um I think Nintendo and Niantic were were prepared for this. They, you know, that people were going to find out about this stuff, and I think that when they unleashed the beta, that they withheld some stuff to make sure that not everything was spoiled. So, I'm almost positive that whatever they've tested in the public Japanese beta, they've they've probably got an even smaller beta group working on the other features that won't be released to the public yet. I mean, and that's Um, really smart, because, like... With, with this bigger beta group, that's almost like free publicity for them, you know, like them getting really excited and putting them on YouTube and stuff, even if it gets taken down <coughs> and people are like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, you know? Yeah. So that's and pretty so smart of them. The, the most exciting thing to me is that if you remember the games that were listed for Generation 1, which, which would be uh, Red, Blue, Yellow, <coughs> I think. Oh. I think so. I think it's Red, Blue, Yellow. Was there a, a yeah. green? Huh? For for Gen 1. Yeah. Yeah, for red, blue, and yellow. So, yeah, because it was based off of, like, um, Charizard, Bulbasaur, and Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, um, the one cool thing that I found out, which isn't in this article, and I can't find the article that, you know, um, that posted originally... But, um, what's neat is that they're gonna adopt kind of what came from Niantic's first game about control points, which will be gyms, and you team up with either red, red, Blue, or Yellow team, and you have to help gain control of those gyms. And I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. Like, it's more of, like, a multiplayer aspect to it. Yeah, and I think I think that's what they're aiming for is that um, it's not only supposed to motivate you to get out and you know do something, but it's also supposed to motivate a sense of community in the Pokemon uh, you know fandom. That it's supposed to help connect gamers in a new way that hasn't been done yet. So I'm that's- really excited. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, you know, it's something that hasn't been done yet, or it has been, but, like, they're trying to gear it towards Pokemon, and I just feel like that's gonna be really cool, you know? I wouldn't mind trying it. In all honesty, I'm probably going to get that game the moment it releases. I'm probably gonna try and get the wristband that that they're releasing with it. (laughs) I'm probably gonna pay out the Wazoo for extra items and expansion. Like, I won't mind spending money on this game. If it is anything like what's been released so far and what the hype has been, I don't mind spending money on it, to be honest. Yeah, you probably want to start saving up then because it's going to be expensive when it comes out. And you know that portable batteries are going to go flying off the shelves. <laughs> Nobody will want their phone to die while they're out there trying to track down a, a rare Pokemon. Oh, could you imagine? You're trying to get a rare, like, Pokemon or something, and all of a sudden your phone just dies on you? I'd be so mad. Someone, right after they announced, you know, the the trailer for it, you remember forever ago when they released the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had made a Tumblr post about, like, what it would be like if that happened, and it's like, I've got it, I've got him cornered, his health is low, I throw the Pokeball, it it shakes once, it shakes twice, it shakes three times, and then my screen goes black, cause I didn't charge my phone. <laughs> oh, just the screams of anguish. <laughs> oh. Like, it, it would be bad. It would be real bad. Oh my gosh. You just see somebody, like, curled up crying on the sidewalk. Like, oh no. <laughs> it's like, I've got a portable charger. He's already gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ruined. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I think we are <laughs> 20 minutes in and we haven't even touched our discussion topic. We need to do that. We do.
1: Get off of Pokemon. Even
0: like... We got immersed in science, and then we got immersed in Pokemon. We need to get on topic. It's like, all right, we gotta go, go, go! <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see that? I was about to make a Sonic joke though. Never mind. <gasps> <gasps> I gotta go fast. There you go. <laughs> go. Faster, 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 faster. <laughs> all right. Okay. So our discussion topic is a little off the wall. We were kind of grasping at straws here, and then we ended up coming up with something. Mm hmm Um, we're gonna talk about how original content is really hard to define at this point in our culture. Yeah, especially with all, like, the remakes that are going on, especially in Hollywood with movies, how a lot of it is just, it's not original anymore, it's just like, oh, like with the new Star Wars movie, it was fantastic, but it's a remake from the original series, you know? Exactly. And how we we have to kind of have a fine line between, you know, is this work paying homage to something else, or are they copy pasting? And this idea kinda came to me whenever I was listening to another podcast talk about American horror story. And uh, the newest season, Hotel, pays homage to a lot of different classics in the horror genre, whether it be cliches or the greats in horror, like Silent Hill and Saw and, you know, uh, Seven. Like, these these things, you know, they're making a nod to them. And the people making the podcast tried to um, say that they felt like it was more of a copy-paste job. And I felt kind of, you know, offended at, in a sense because these are things that I love already and then I saw them in this other work and to hear someone discuss it and say well they're just ripping that off it's like it doesn't feel like they are Yeah I'm I've watched American Horror Story with you but I just haven't I haven't caught up to Hotel yet so I'm not exactly sure what they were talking about but from what I've seen before um, American Horror Story does take from different tropes of horror, but I feel like they take it, but they put their twist on it. Like, they introduce a new storyline and new characters, and it just makes it an interesting thing to watch, instead of being sitting there bored, like, oh, I've seen this before, you know, it kinda puts its own spin to it. Exactly. And that's what I've enjoyed about American Horror Story so much. But, um, and that's one thing that I like about finding new things in in, in our uh, like pop culture is that a lot of things will pay homage to the to the greats you know and it's it begs the question you know with all the remakes and the shared cliched themes like love conquers all and what does it mean to be a human mm-hmm. um And the recurring storylines, like, what can be considered original content anymore? Like, truly original content. Yeah, because it just seems like everything's already been done before. Yeah. So it's really hard to sit there and and look at something and not try and compare it to something else. You know, it's been... It's... No matter how original we think something is, we're going to sit there and try and compare it to something that's been done before. So... Yeah, that's like that's kind of the hard thing. Mhm. Cause I had read this book, um, <coughs> and its storyline is very diff or very similar to this anime that me and my brother were watching. And it's basically like the same trope of these people get stuck in a video game. They have to figure their way out. You know, they're stuck. Whatever. It's like a virtual reality sort of thing. Yeah, and the whole trope of you die in the game, you die in real life. Exactly. And I was trying to get my brother to read this book and he's like oh that's just like that show you know it's just you know copying from it and I was like yeah but (laughs) this book it's like it takes a different look at this certain trope so for me I could read this book and still enjoy it because it took from the same sort of idea but they put their own mark to it you know Yeah, and I think that's the important thing that people forget when they're like, oh, this is just like that other thing, is that you have to take into account, yeah, the person was probably inspired by that, but they're trying to put something else in it. Yeah, they're trying to apply their own ideas to this certain, you know, to this certain theme. Exactly, and that's why, like, it, it feels really hard to sit there and, you know, say, oh... You know, these things are solely original because you can sit there and look at it and pull it apart and be like, nope, this has been done before. But then you have to sit there and pull it apart even further and say, all right, what were they trying to do with this? You know, what, what are they trying to add to it, basically? And, um, there was, there was something I was going to put in here and I didn't write it down like a dumbo. <laughs> um,. Maybe I should just keep on with basically the American horror story one is uh, you know I'll I'll stick with season one since that's the that's the only one that I know that you've finished so far. Yeah. Um Murder House, you know, the the fan dub of what season one is called, they play off the huge trope in horror films that, you know, middle class white family moves into house, house is haunted. Shit goes crazy, you know? So, they they put their own spin on it, and the thing that made me fall in love with it is that they weren't limited to a, you know, two-hour time frame. They had a whole season to run with this idea. So they decided to introduce unique storylines, and they played off of other tropes, and made it incredibly interesting, and at one point ended up introducing the Antichrist, so... Yeah, so they're just taking all these different aspects of horror and just mushed it into one season, and it just, it turned out really great, actually. You would think, like, that's a whole, just a hodgepodge of just, like, it's too much, but the way they played it out over the season, it made sense, and both of us really liked it, so we've started watching the other seasons. <coughs> the only problem is, I think that they ran away with it when they got to season two. Yeah. They felt like, you know, mashing all these things together was a good idea so when they got to season two they were like they jam-packed as much as they could in there and then it really did feel like too much so that when they came back to season three through five they kind of um, they calmed down with that and it worked out really really well yeah I've watched most of season two I haven't finished it yet but it I understand what crazy. you're saying because they introduced like aliens and murder and it was just too much and Nazis and just oh my god yeah like evil like <coughs> surgery surgery scientist kind of guy it was just a whole like it was too much <laughs> exactly so we were talking about um, recurring storylines about you know, and this plays into the I'm gonna go ahead and reveal my book my my book recommendation before we get to it but sort of like the whole Ready Player One. That's the whole, like, augmented reality, but they leave out the whole, you know, you get trapped in the game and you, you die, you die in real life. No. People can leave it. What they did was they let this idea of virtual reality become everyone's escape, sort of how cell phones have become. Mm-hmm. Like, it used to be only only a few people had really nice phones, and it was because they needed it for business reasons. And then it became that everybody had smartphones, because everybody needed this accessibility. So, Ready Player One kind of plays on that, that it started out as just like the higher class was using virtual reality. And then now everyone uses virtual reality, and people go to work on there, and they go to school on there. And, you know, hardly anyone actually ever goes and does anything anymore. And it creates a huge economic problem, which kind of leads into the adventure that the main character has to go on in the game. So And I like that it feels like it's kind of been done before, but all of the stuff they jam-pack in it, it, it feels completely original. And I'm pretty sure this was uh, the guy's like, debut book, and he did amazing. Yeah, like how you were talking about how people started just using the virtual reality instead of actually going and doing things in real life. That makes me think of this movie. I'm getting glimpses of it. I cannot remember the name of it. But that just kind of, like, jogged my memory. It was basically people would um, go into these pods and use these different, like, almost like cyborg bodies Mm -hmm. so that they didn't have to go outside because the world had become, like, too dangerous, basically. I remember that movie. I've seen it forever ago, but I don't remember it. Yeah, right? Like, I remember the movie, but I just don't remember what it's called. But it was fantastic. Alright, anybody out here who's listening, if you know what we're talking about, shoot us a message. On Please. the outlet. <laughs> we want to know what it is. Because I can't remember at all. Neither <laughs> <But> can I. <laughs> but... Like I said, like, original content, it's hard to find, and I think the, the latest one that I found was uh, Welcome to Night Vale, mm-hmm. it, but it does play off of some of the tropes of, you know, um, someone actually came up with a theory that everything happening in Night Vale is because Night Vale is actually Area 51. Really? Yeah, someone came up with that theory saying that everything that happens in Night Vale... The reason why nobody acts like it's a big deal or that it's a problem, they just kind of go along with it, <coughs> is because it happens in Area 51. That would be pretty cool. But I thought that Nightvale was supposed to be like a town or something. It is, it is. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Welcome to Nightvale is another podcast, very, very, very popular. And it centers around the town of Nightvale, where strange, weird, supernatural things happen. But it's the norm, so it's hilarious, it's great. Um, I finally caught up to the newest episodes. Like, I went ahead, you don't have to watch, like, listen to all of the episodes. Um, It's a kind of podcast where you kind of can join in wherever, and you'll catch up eventually. Like, you'll get it soon. But I went back and watched it from the beginning, just so I would, like, have the full experience. Yeah. (coughs) But this is, um, one of the very few cases where I've looked at something and been like, this is the first time in a long time that i found something that it feels like it hasn't been done before. Yeah, I mean, I haven't listened to it personally, but from what you've told me about it, it sounds like it could be really fun to listen to. Like, it just sounds super silly, but it also can get really serious. I don't know. I feel like, like... I want to listen to it, I'm gonna to have to make myself download it. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoyed listening to it at work, so I would recommend it to anyone who needs something to listen to in their free time. Yeah, like maybe driving to and from work or whatever. Yeah. Like this right. podcast. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think that that kind of wraps up our main discussion, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, it feels like that's a good ending point. Yeah. Alright, if you guys have anything to add to it, feel free to message us on any any of the sites that we post on. Feel free to comment on our Tumblr or send us personal messages. We'll try and reply as often as we can. But we like to hear, you know, what you guys have to say about what we have to say. So, yeah, always and, would be great, you know, for suggestions like you know something that maybe you found interesting that you want us to talk about, to research. Just you know, we like feedback. Yeah, or if you if you have anything to add or anything to correct us on, you know, if if it warrants us to you know go back and address it, we will definitely bring it up in a later episode. You guys have already heard my book recommendation. It's Ready Player One. The author is Ernest Klein. Um, It's, again, you know, it's a virtual reality one. It centers around a kid who's in the lower class. You know, he's living in a very run-down part of the city, and uh, he goes to school on it. He goes to have fun on it, you know, and... Yeah, he's been doing pretty well on it. Well, then the creator of it, this multi-billionaire who has no family and no friends, um, passes away. And his will gets released to the public because he decided to start an easter egg hunt in the game. Where anyone who can solve it, like all three parts of it, Mm -hmm. then they get his entire fortune. Really? Everything that he has owned. And it's really, really cool. And the thing that kind of tripped me up whenever I started reading it was that it is chock full of 80s references, because apparently the, the guy who created the VR system was obsessed with 80s culture, like 80s pop culture. So there's a lot of references to, like, 80s video games. There's a lot of references to 80s movies and music. And, of course, I'm a 90s baby, so... I was kind of left in the dark for a lot of it, but it, <laughs> it led me to go and look up these things and some of the things I did know. And it gives you kind of an education on early video games. And it it's really, really cool, because it has... This huge blast from the past, but this kid, who was born way after all of that, he had to go back and research it to understand it. And he played through all these games that were referenced, and he watched all the movies and read all the books and listened to all the movies, uh, listened to all the music, because he wanted to understand. it So it's really, really cool. But I won't spoil anything outside of that because there is a lot that goes on in the book that i cannot discuss here (laughs) without spoiling it i know you definitely don't want to recommend a book and then be like and here's the ending (laughs) exactly it's like well you guys guess what happened (laughs) right like never mind you don't have to go read the book (coughs) because i'll tell you (laughs) let me learn you a thing right here on this podcast um here's the ending <laughs> <laughs> everyone that were like hey comment they're gonna be like I hate you you yeah. ruined it we're not listening to your podcast anymore Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> get a flood of text messages from my friends who, who actually listen to him and be like we don't like you anymore we're not your friends <laughs> it's like you know what we're gonna have to not see each other for a while Caitlin it kinda hurt me it cut <laughs> me real deep I was about to say the same thing, you cut me deep you cut me real deep (laughs) alright Alexis take us away on the media recommendation this, by the way you guys this week, and I think we're actually going to do it from now on, we're going to kind of either work together or split the book and media recommendation yeah, that way we're both kind of introducing new things that we both like to each other and to you guys, makes it a little bit more interesting Yeah. so take it away Okay, for my media recommendation, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) for my media recommendation, I am sharing with you guys um, a new up and coming artist. His name is Troy Savon with his new album, Blue Neighborhood. Now, Troy Savon, little backstory, he actually got his start on YouTube and he did like videos and just different challenges and stuff like that, and he also uploaded singing videos. And I think that's where he got, like, you know, his fame. And everybody's like, oh, we love Troy. And he finally, um, his, he released his uh, debut album, Blue Neighborhood, on December 4th of last year, I do believe. Yeah. And I fell in love with it. It's fantastic. <laughs> Wasn't it, um, one of the singles featured on one of the local radio stations out here? Yeah, actually, um, his song Youth. Youth was actually on the radio for a long time. It's still on the radio. I hear it sometimes. I'm pretty sure I know it, but, you know, in in all of the craziness of this week, I know that you texted it to me, and I still haven't looked it up, so as soon as we finish recording, I'm going to go listen to it. Yeah, he is from from what I've researched apparently he's like South African and Australian so I'm not sure if he's like moved back and forth I honestly don't really I haven't I didn't follow him a whole bunch from YouTube like I knew him knew about him from that from like people that I watched on there different vloggers and things Mm -hmm. but what really got me interested in him was his music because like his album got really huge after he released Youth on the radio and I was like, hey, I'll give it a shot Like, you know, I'll listen to it And I really, really enjoyed it It's sort of like, it's pop music But a lot of it's like laid back And also has, it's a mixed with like electronic kind of sound mm-hmm. And he also is similar to like Lord's music Where it focuses on like, you know, coming of age Different millennial issues, you know Gotcha <clears throat> Yeah definitely give it a listen. I feel bad for not giving it a listen earlier. (laughs) I've just, I've been really busy. I had my first crochet commission this past week. Hey, hey. Yeah, I made a uh, Ravenclaw scarf and a pair of fingerless gloves for a friend on Facebook. (laughs) I'm just, I'm waiting for her to send me the shipping address today so I can actually send it to her and get paid. (coughs) a little... Shameless promotion there. Caitlin does crochet commissions. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to promote anything. I'm just saying I'm really proud because I've been crocheting for a while, just for fun, you know, giving it as gifts, and then finally I was like, hey, you know, it would be nice to have a little bit of money in the pocket, you know, some extra change. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad, you know, that somebody took a chance was just like, hey, make me a thing, I'll pay you. it's like, heck yeah, I'll make you a thing. <laughs> what thing did you like? Exactly. Like, it led to, like, a three-day discussion trying to figure out what she wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it was the gloves. We couldn't figure out the gloves. Oh, because it was, like, a paid pattern or, or a... something like that? Well, first, the pattern she wanted was a uh, a knitting pattern, and I don't knit. I <laughs> crochet. <laughs> So then it was a battle of trying to figure out, all right, what what would you like? And then finally she found a pattern for some plaid ones, and was like, I was like, all right, well this is a paid pattern, is that okay? And she was like, yeah, I'll help pay for it, and I was like, that's good. So, and now here we are, finally finished with it. Well look at you, got your first little crochet pattern, and like, commission, that's awesome, I'm glad. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> Alright, are we ready to close this up? I think so. Alright. Well, this has been a lack of certainty. Uh, our theme music is Skipping in the No Standing Zone by Peter Gresser. And you can find us on SoundCloud as well as iTunes and Tumblr. Uh, follow us on Tumblr for all of the latest news and for all of the articles that we use. All of the book and media recommendations that we use, we will post on there. Um... This week, it might be iffy about putting us on YouTube, because last week, I had my boyfriend do that, because he has the proper programming for that, and I forgot to get him to put it on my laptop, so uh, this this episode and the next episode will probably not be on YouTube until I go up there to visit him again. Okay, well, at least we'll have it up on all of our other regular platforms, so Exactly. You'll still be able to listen to it. Just YouTube might be a little bit late. Exactly. If you have any recommendations, any comments, any, uh, you know, things you want to add, just want to say hi, um, you can message us on our Tumblr page. If not, you can also message us through our Gmail account, which is certainty at gmail.com. It's just the title of the podcast, with Gmail slapped on the end. <laughs> All lowercase as well. Exactly. Alright, well, this has been a lack of certainty. It's been nice sitting here with you, Alexis. It's been nice talking to you too, Caitlin, after, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck we're going to talk about. <laughs> no right? It took us a whole week, and now we have two episodes worth of material written down, to the point where we almost, we almost accidentally mashed the two episodes together. So (laughs) that would have been interesting, but you know, we got a lot of productivity to do this week, so I know, right? (laughs) All right. Well, it's been nice sitting here talking with you guys. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.